Hey guys, welcome to episode 12 of the What Men Want podcast. And uh, today we're going to have a ton of fun because I have a guest on that I actually met probably about six months ago whenever I was um, learning uh, how to do public speaking. And so uh, my guest is an expert, so I'm putting him on the spot, Um, but uh, he's a cool ass dude. 40 years old. He's the CEO of a firm called The Visual Q here in Houston, Oase Koreshi. Hey, good to have you on the podcast today, brother. What's up, Jeremy? Happy to be here, man. Absolutely. (laughs) So it's Saturday and it's about four o'clock in the afternoon. And I was like, hey, bro, do you want to drink? And he was like, I don't know, man. If I start drinking, we might open Pandora's box. And so I was like, all right. So a triple scotch it is. There so, you go, man. Uh, so, man, good to have you on. So, hey, let's jump right into our topics. Sure. Uh, we've got about 10 bullet points of stuff that we want to go through today. But um, whenever we were kind of pre-gaming, you know, you'd mentioned that, uh, that maybe your family played a big part of molding you into the person that you are today and maybe even like your views on relationships. So let's jump right into it, dude. Give me a little bit of insight into your family. Absolutely, man. Uh, So, uh, you know, of course, I I, uh, like I was saying before, uh, we uh, all immigrated here from Pakistan. Okay. uh, Back in the uh, back in I think it was 1990. And both mom and dad, you know, kind of worked their way up. Uh, as soon as we came here, you know, my mom was a medical technologist. My dad immediately jumped right into uh, wanting to own his own business. So he started as a travel agent because yeah. he had a huge history in, uh, in, in doing all that. And um, they slowly, you know, kind of built themselves and, and of course, saved their money and, and uh, started building their own businesses. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, 10 years later, like, you know, I would say probably 1999, by 2000, my dad owned a couple of uh, convenience stores, of course, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. And then my, my mom uh, went from, you know, doing a nine to five and uh, she became a, an insurance agent. Nice. And so, uh, you know, two years in, she had two separate locations mm-hmm. of insurance agencies. And then my dad uh, was uh, starting to say, okay, well, you know what? Let's move away from the convenience store business mm-hmm. and uh, move into hotels and he went into hotels. So is your dad La Quinta, bro? Your no. dad is Mister <laughs> La Quinta. No, <laughs> my dad's not La Quinta. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, but um, you know, so f- seeing both of them work as partners, mm-hmm. I think, really informs me today in terms of uh, uh, what it takes to make a relationship work. Mm-hmm. Forty-one years into, into their marriage, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's happily married it, or happily, unhappily married? Happily married, but you know, again, what relationship doesn't have uh, their ups and downs? Yeah, and downs, you're absolutely right. right. Yeah, so, more ups than downs in yeah, my experience. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's the downs, and I, you know, we'll, we'll get into that. Mm-hmm. It's the downs that really determine how uh you'll bounce back and mm-hmm. like you know the the integrity and and really the the way that that relationship is is forged mm-hmm. is through those vulnerable points where mm-hmm. both both uh the man and the woman mm-hmm. are really working and struggling through that and mm-hmm. helping each other navigate through the uh the the struggles together mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. and you know i always look back to um I always look back to, have you watched Mr. and Mrs. Smith? I have, yeah. So there's, you know, I, I find that movie for some reason, like, t- 
to be very symbolic, man. Okay. Uh, especially when, like, you know, there's a, there's a, a scene where they have their backs to each other, mm-hmm. and they've got bullets flying. Oh yeah, they're in the house. Yeah. The house is already exactly. like blown to shambles. Exactly, but they're I mean, back to back. They're back to back. Yeah. They're not fighting each other. They're fighting like all of these other people that are coming <laughs> in, and they're like, you know, I mean, they've got bullets flying I all see over what you're the saying. place, right? Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, to me, that you know, that is a, a an indicator of a good relationship, a strong foundational relationship where they're not becoming each other's battles, but they're fighting the battles outside. of them Interesting. Together. That's a very unique perspective. And, you know, I was married at 25 years old Man. Uh, to a very successful corporate executive. Now she climbed the corporate ranks at BP. And um, I would say that we were those two individuals, right? The, you know, she's got my back. I've got hers. Divide and conquer. Protect the home. You used the word integrity earlier. It's not about integrity of your character. You're talking about the strength of the foundation, right? Like the tensile strength of the fucking integrity of the relationship. I mean, you get stress tested, right? Like, I mean, like in in, in business, Uh when we talk about, hey, let's stress test our process. Hey, your your relationship gets stress tested all the time absolutely and it's funny that you bring that up because i would chalk up that 12-year relationship that i was in as being very very successful but for whatever reason in recent years i've wanted to get gravitate more towards the young mentee somebody that not necessarily was going to be a business partner per se of mine but somebody that i could almost um take somewhat of a senior role in the relationship but now that you're kind of sharing that insight i don't necessarily know if that's the best strategy yeah well good so tell me how their marriage influenced your view on dating for sure man and uh you know again i'll I'll go back to both my mom and dad and like Mm -hmm. just the way that their their overall personalities were my mom i'll start with my mom like she's she's a lioness man even to this day okay um she you know again we, we came from pakistan and at the time it was definitely far more conservative uh, mm-hmm. uh, as compared to it is today. But she just never allowed for societal expectations to rule her in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, so whereas other women her age at that point in time may have been like at home becoming domesticated and sewing, mm-hmm. she decided to, to become a biochemistry major. Love that. She wanted to, like, you know, take part. Like, she wanted to, like, ride around in a scooter. She wanted to, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. rebellious, but not necessarily just rebel without a cause. But, mm-hmm. like, you know, she's just like, you can't tell me what, what the fuck to do, mm-hmm. right? Um, but, uh, and then still understanding that, yes, uh, that, you know, once uh, she's married, uh, with my dad and mm-hmm. all that, like once they got married, like she still understood how to take care of her man mm-hmm. and still work with him. It's still bringing in that that level of of uh, that level of strength with her, mm-hmm. but redirecting it in an entirely different manner. Interesting. And where did she get that inspiration from? Was it just kind of trial question. by fire, or did I she? Think, I think it was just. Yeah. That's just part of her character. <laughs> you know, that's just part of her character. And the yeah. same thing with my dad, man. I mean, it's it's never been. I would say with my dad, uh, he is just a resilient rock. Yeah. 
uh, in business, as I'm sure you know, mm-hmm. it's never uh, it's never a smooth uh, smooth walk up, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's going to be that uneven terrain. Mm-hmm. There's going to be. As a matter of fact, I just came back from from a five six day trip out in Colorado. Love that. Yeah. Just just being alone in the mountains. And that not like me, a broke back mountain trip. No, right? no, no, no. This was, this was a solo trip in the mountains. Yeah. It, 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 it can yeah. get break back breaking, right? But no, not nothing like that. Yeah. It was just like always being I call solo, bullshit yeah. though, because I feel like you had some good photographs that somebody was clearly taking. Oh no, no. So I would find people on the trail. No, no. This was yeah, this was strictly I thought so. there was for sure some beautiful little thirty year old behind the lens. So uh, well good no, man. man. So give me some insight. Dude, I mean, you're talking a lot about how your family molded your image of a successful relationship. And, you know, one of the challenges that I see is that your mom, the lioness, the perfect partner, the perfect spouse, she kind of set the bar fucking high, dude. So you're 40 years old, never been married, no No, kids? No. That's the reason why, man. Exactly. You're trying to compare every woman to your mom and i'm telling you is that what you think they don't make them like they used to bro come on you know what i would say it's not a comparison it's not a comparison of a woman to my mom i would probably say it's a comparison of the standard that my parents have 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 set through their own marriage and i wonder today if that's even attainable i really struggle with that I really struggle so you're, with the fact so, that, so I'm not going to dispute that. Yeah. I'm going to say that maybe it's not attainable. I don't know, man. Yeah, man. I mean, it's, I'm not encouraging you to settle. Yeah. You know, but at the end of the day, you know, this is a completely different generation that it we're is. in. It is. Whenever it comes to uh, attention, affection, views on monogamy and things yeah. of that, maybe political views, right. right, societal views. And so I would just encourage you, man. Bring it a little bit more 2020, bro. So <laughs> Scale uh, it back a little bit, right? But, but look, I mean, at, at the same time, you know, understanding what I value and then, of course, you know, appreciating what, what um, the, the woman would value in my life, uh, I think it is, is very important to identify very early on, Jeremy. Totally agree. So, you I know, understand. No uh, reason to waste your time. Exactly, exactly. If we've got somebody that's violating those values. So let me segue, dude. So Absolutely. I've talked about this on multiple episodes. I've talked about it with Luis, with Sterling, <clears throat> with a ton of the guys. I'm a big believer in a shared mission, vision, and values. But not so many people put an influence on shared interests. So I guess, or I'm sorry, so many people put an uh, uh uh, an influence on shared interests. How do you think that that plays a role in long-term success in a relationship? I think what I'm getting at is, is do you want aligned values, right? Or aligned interests? Which one do you think plays that's more good, of a, a card in the success? That's a good question. So, um, and I'll give you an example of, of, of a very recent uh, relationship that I had mm-hmm. where, uh, you know, interests, became when activities became a center part of why we parted ways what yeah okay and um it wasn't even like like we had completely contrasting interests yeah but you wanted to play poker and she wanted to go skydiving (laughs) what the fuck no and i mean like you know it's like Uh we had we had uh shared interests in Mm -hmm. in uh uh snowboarding or skiing yeah she would ski i'm a snowboarder um uh Typically, we're you know both both of us are, are athletic. Sure, uh, we like to you know we like to work out. Um, 
same thing on the uh, uh, you know just just being outdoors and all that stuff, right? Yeah. But then there's like stuff where if we are alone and like she wants to watch specific TV shows, okay. I just would not take any interests. <laughs> in, yeah. In specific, and so I thought about that after we parted ways. I thought mm-hmm. about that. I was like, man, as as far back as I can think, I don't think I ever had. You know, I, I don't think I ever took the time to really figure out what it is that I would want to watch. And like, okay. Or if I ever had But what would you interest. do? So but, she's sitting there watching The Bachelorette. Or trying to figure what, out, hey, like, you know, what do you want to watch? And I'm just like, I don't know. Whatever like, you just want. Just whatever you want. Yeah. yeah. And I would just zone out because okay. it just doesn't interest me. And she I'm was upset about, about that or yeah. explain? Yeah. She was just, you know, she was just like, it would, it would bother her. Okay. That we can't sit there and watch a show together mm-hmm. and like you know just like look some of some of my my best relationships in the past have been something where we can you know watch something together okay and so i was like i don't know what to say i yeah. don't know what to, you yeah, know like yeah. i can't no, i totally to, understand but and- again so when it comes down to shared interests i think shared interests can evolve and um we may have shared interests today and and for whatever reason, that can be completely changed over mm-hmm, the course of mm-hmm. the next 10, 20 years. Mm-hmm. You know, what I was interested in 20 years ago, you know, in terms of partying, going out or, or sure. you know, music festivals or whatever, mm-hmm. that's shifted, you mm-hmm. know, 20 years later. Yeah. And same thing 20 years from now, it could be completely different. Yeah. So when we're old and gray, we got to figure out something else. And I think values is where, where it really No, I totally life. agree, right? And we talk about interests and you know i'll use the example of like you know guys that are doing fantasy football or they're interested in sports you don't necessarily need you know your woman to play that role yeah. or that best friend role because i think that you should have guy time and exactly. and and those opportunities to go and explore your own personal interests with people other than your significant right. other for that healthy time away absolutely and then if she's interested in fashion or things of that nature and she's wearing you know chanel and louis vuitton and and red bottoms she shouldn't expect her man to want to live that same exact lifestyle yeah. from an interest standpoint yeah. now is it is it a bad thing if you do organically naturally have shared interests of course not yeah but at the end of the day it's those values right like um i know my core values whenever it comes to my business and since i own the company they're probably really my personal core values mm-hmm. too but it's things like meticulousness punctuality resilience responsiveness yeah. competitive nature Gratitude, super, super important. Exactly. And if somebody is ungrateful, ungrateful, that's a personal violation of my core values. And what I can, you know, tell the people that I'm friends with or that I'm in a serious, committed relationship with, those values, you're always going to get 100% of that from yeah. me. I had, I had dinner with my friend Allie last night, and she was talking about her values. And we did an exercise about, you know, the last two guys that mm-hmm. she broke it off with, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's usually the girl that's the one breaking of course. it off. <laughs> but, uh, it depends. It depends. But, yeah, it certainly <laughs> depends. But, uh, but hers were uh, honesty and loyalty, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, you would think that those were just like par for the course, like yeah. every single relationship exactly. should that's have Exactly, that's to be those. expected. Yeah, but when you actually make that a focal point of every single relationship that you have, not just romantic relationship, but friendships, yeah. colleagues, things of that nature, right? Mm-hmm. 
whenever you wave that flag to say it's all about honesty and loyalty, then I think that people can be very intentional about meeting and exceeding your expectations. So values critically important in my wholeheartedly, experience. Uh, wholeheartedly agree. And I think, uh, you know, what you talked about with, with gratitude uh, and that being one of your non-negotiables, that's the same thing with me on, on the uh, consistency side. Interesting. For me, the, you know, what honoring your commitment and following through in, on what you're going to say is a good reflection of your credibility. Interesting. And so, you know, for me, it's like I, I have to come forward and make sure, you know, so accountability starts with me. That's mm -hmm. another one. But I want to make sure that I model that behavior every single time. Mm -hmm. uh, and so once it comes down to someone else falling short of that, mm -hmm. I'm deeply disappointed, mm -hmm. deeply disappointed. So, and, and I, f I feel extremely let down if someone <laughs> tells me, hey, look, I'm going to do something or, uh, you know, they, they, they've promised to do something and then they don't follow through. It's, it just makes my fucking screw. <laughs> Seriously. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. <laughs> so what about political views or religious faith? Should that influence compatibility in a successful relationship uh, okay so again, uh -oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know very recently I, I i would and when i say very recently i would say like in the past four years things yeah. have become more and more polarized right? politically right yeah. so even the ones that perhaps were at one point uh inclined to 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 vote a certain way decided for for whatever reason that uh because of a specific political candidate they wanted to jump, jump ship, yeah. right? Uh, without naming any names, yeah. right? I'm sure your audience is <laughs> well dispersed sure, across sure, the sure, board, sure. right? So, um, and and again, uh, in in a most in a in a very recent example, I would say that you know I I sh if I tried to figure out a commonality in our beliefs mm -hmm. and in our values. Um, we would have we would have found common common ground mm -hmm. versus sitting there and talking about the the uh, nitpicky sort of you know specific details of what's going on in the headlines. Yeah, yeah. And because headlines are are, are intended to be reactionary. Absolutely. Headlines are supposed to get us to work up to get worked up, mm -hmm. and the headlines are supposed to get us to talk. Mm -hmm. But. They're just there just from, you know, from a marketing perspective. Yeah. I, come, I run a brand new marketing company. They're there for relevance. Yeah. They're there to be on top of our feet. So what I'm hearing is, is that your personal core values are obviously 100% paramount. And whenever it comes to politics, it's okay to have differing ideas as yeah. long as you can engage in healthy debate. Absolutely. And healthy conversation. And you know what? I would – moving forward, I think uh, unless – Unless it's welcomed on both sides, sure, I would just stay away from that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I would stay away from yeah, that yeah, yeah. and really try to figure out what it is that the other person values. Understood. Yeah, totally agree, yeah. man. Let me ask you this. I uh, had a conversation a couple of weeks ago, and it really induced a question that I think probably changes in every single relationship and there's no cookie cutter answer, but I want to hear your perspective. Sure. Do you think that it's better to be interested in a person, right? So constantly probing into their past and their vision and, and their thoughts of the future and their family and their interests and things of that nature, right? Do you think it's better to be interested 
Or do you think that it's better for you to personally be interesting, right? To where you're constantly doing self-promotion and, and potentially uh, giving insight into your successes or all of the positive things going on in your relationship. Do you think that it's better to be interested or interesting in order for you to induce a prospective dating partner to fall for you? Okay. So definitely don't put on a show. <laughs> <laughs> I've been guilty of that many times, dude. Go ahead. It's okay. not a circus, man. Yeah. It's not a, you know. So I don't believe in putting on a show. I believe in coming in with with a, a at least as much authenticity and as much genuineness okay. to the table as, as yeah. possible. Obviously, there's there's um, still walls up on both sides, and yeah. that's 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 to be expected, mm -hmm. right? And then you create that that sort of a, a space of security, a space of uh, of, of uh, safety, as quickly as possible. Give them a way out, mm -hmm. and uh, let them know that hey, look, and, and I'm I'm very upfront about it. I was like, hey, mm -hmm. look, you know what? At any given point. And at any given time during this date, you feel like, like you want to get up and leave, by all means. <laughs> Has anybody ever taken you up on that? No. <laughs> but you know what? It, 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 again, it, it, you got to give them a way out. And it's the sure. same, same thing on, on the business side, right? Like give them give, – give that yeah. prospect a way out. Just so, uh, um, just so they don't feel like, like you've got commission. Yeah, right? absolutely. Right? <laughs> That's the problem that we have as business owners yeah. is I think that – we, we almost try to look at dating as like the sales yeah. funnel. It is. Right? Yeah. And qualifying leads and graduating them to the next step in the pipeline. Exactly. Right? Is there mutual interest, right? Uh, and that's like, really a like struggle this, that we have mentally. I know, man. Yeah. Yeah, well, and, and look, sometimes sometimes it works, obviously. And then there are yeah. times when, when if, you're, if you happen to be dating another, another business owner, she'll see right through that. Or, she'll just, she'll <laughs> or she might be playing the same exactly. game with you. Exactly. So, but, you know, I think that it's better to be interested. I mean, how many times okay. or have you gone out on, on dates or have you ever gone out to a networking event where someone that you were having a conversation mm -hmm. with essentially just hijacks the entire conversation. Yeah, 100%. Nobody right? likes that guy. And then yeah. it's like pompous. You could, they come mm -hmm. off as pompous yep. whether they intend to be or not. Mm -hmm. It's all about them, self-centered, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So always better to be interested and it makes the, makes the other person feel validated. Absolutely. Right? But I, again, if you notice the theme in my conversation here, mm -hmm. both sides got to play the game. Absolutely. Both sides have to come in and there's got to be some reciprocity. 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 <laughs> I'm a mind oh, reader over here. Let's see if you can cut that one out. <laughs> yeah, I'm not cutting anything. <laughs> it's all unedited and unfiltered. Great. I'm just straight posted. So, uh, so at 40 years old, I'm going to assume, being a great-looking guy, that you've probably been on a ton of dates. Now, I know me, myself, uh, being an, a headhunter and identifying patterns with candidates and things of that nature, it can be easy for me to make a lot of assumptions, yeah. right? Okay, I've known this girl for 30 seconds. I'm gonna put her in this bucket. I'm gonna assume that this is what she's interested in. This is what she wants in the future, et cetera, right? Based on their style or their image or the way that they talk or their friend group or yeah. whatever, right? Um, and so how can you ensure that you go into each individual date or each individual meeting with a new uh, prospective dating partner with a completely blank slate. And that, may, you know, it, so it's kind of like the question of like, you know, assumptions versus curiosity. Yeah. Can you give me some insight into that? Yeah. Again, it goes back to the same thing, Jeremy, is, uh, uh, you know, be, 
be curious in the other person, um, help them validate, help them feel important, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, you know, uh, try to try to figure out uh, and try to get them to figure out if this is going to be a right situation, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So again, ask them. It's and it's, it's not like like you're interviewing them, but just be genuinely interested in in who they are, where they're coming from, and what's driving them. Yeah. Right. Uh, what's happened in the past? Some some women will uh, will share. Some women will overshare on yeah. the first date. <laughs> <laughs> I've then, been with the overshares, right? and in many times I've been the overshare. Yeah. <laughs> and some of those overshares are a little interesting. Uh, you know, and it can evolve to something sure. entirely different uh, that evening. Mm-hmm. Um, and then <laughs> and then there's there's some overshares where I'm like, you know what? I think um, I'm just looking at my watch, and I'm just like, okay, yeah. you know. Uh, let's get the check. Let's yeah, get, let's yeah. Get going. I, 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 t- I tend to be of the opinion that uh, with the oversharers, those are usually the one date and done type mm-hmm. opportunities, right? Because obviously there's uh, a tremendous amount of trauma yeah. or unresolved conflict that's created that type of dialogue that comes Good out. point, man. Yeah. Good point. Uh, look, you, uh, and again, both guys and girls exactly. uh, take time to heal, take time to make the space uh, and, and clear the space mm-hmm. for someone new to come into your life. Uh, you know, you, you you talked about a blank slate. Go in with a with a blank canvas. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, so one of my one of my uh, business, uh, you know, someone in my business network, we, we had a conversation. She happened to post something on and quote me on it. On, yeah. On uh, on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. but it was the same thing. Go into each conversation with a blank canvas. Mm-hmm. Let them paint the picture. Mm-hmm. Right. So. The reason why why I say all that is clear the space for someone new to come into your life, rather than trying to uh, uh, have a you know someone from the past create a frame of reference, mm-hmm. whether in a good way or a bad way, mm-hmm. and uh, and that's you know something that I've seen over and over again, and maybe that's something that I need to figure out on my side as yeah. well. Is like why am I attracting that type of a female, where uh, there are unresolved issues or Mm -hmm. there are uh well let's let's talk about the age demographic that you go for oh man give me some insight into that you know that's a that's another good question (laughs) look at this big smile right here that's another good question so on three occasions you know so early on in my life in my early 20s uh that was probably the longest relationship that i've had that was uh seven years okay and I would say now, you know, in retrospect, I, I was way too young to be able to manage that relationship. Sure. We were the same age. Okay. And as I'm sure, you know, whether you agree with me or not, my own experience, any time that I've dated a woman that's my age or a year or two younger, uh-huh. man, they are light years ahead of you. Mentally, oh, of course. Mentally and emotionally. Maturity, just, emotionally. Yeah. hundred percent. So they are light years ahead of you. So, um, you know. That being one example, mm-hmm. then very recently dated, happened to just jump into that again. And uh, it was like, you know, she's a year younger than I am. Interesting. And uh, same thing, man. Light years ahead of me. Okay. Uh, I mean, and, you know, I mean, she's just genuinely, generally very intelligent mm-hmm. to begin with. But mm-hmm. I mean, just, you know, the way that they process 
mm-hmm. how and uh, how a relationship should be managed oh, yeah. is completely different. <laughs> so, <laughs> dude, you know, I, I mean, by our age, I mean, you're saying like you, you, you've, you've, you know, mentioned my age on, a, on yeah. uh, multiple occasions throughout this entire conversation. I'll probably say I'm 15 maturely. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For, sure. And that's not to disqualify myself with, with any of your uh, uh, female listeners, but mm. I mean, I'm, you know, I, I think that's more of a hyperbole than anything else. Sure. But regardless, uh, I would say that any time that I've dated someone that's really close to my age, uh, I, it just doesn't. It, it you know there, there's there's no there, there's uh, there. there's unrealistic expectations right. from both parties. So anytime yeah, and so mm-hmm. anytime uh, you know it's it's been someone that's uh, that that there's like a ten year difference, sure. eight to ten year difference. Yeah. That's where I notice a a true harmony harmony. Yeah, and we're you know we're, we're able to balance. Synergy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it's and and that's what it is. We're able to balance each other out. Yeah. Properly, considering that both of us are in this place where we're coming in with mental and emotional stability, mm-hmm. we're coming in with with that same level of emotional intelligence to say that look, yeah, we're going to be very clear and upfront. Uh, another thing, so that, fucking interesting right? that you're saying it like that. Uh, you're phrasing it like love that. language was another one that yep. that showed up, and I was just like, man, like yes, express your love language right away. Absolutely, men do not read minds. <laughs> I want to, I want to make sure that everyone understands that oh, yeah. we cannot read your mind. Like, leave the guessing games out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I understand that at the very beginning there of, of courtship. I mean, yes, we 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 both tend to play these small little games. But get the fucking guesswork out of it, man. Tell me what exactly what is it that you want and what you expect so we can actually come forward with it. Absolutely. I, I, I dated a girl recently who was 13 youngers, or years younger than me. Yeah. And, you know, you talk about somebody <laughs> that's your age being a little bit more too advanced, yeah. right, with regards to, like, emotional intelligence. Yeah. And uh, it's so funny because even this person who was 13 years younger smoked me in every category because she's in graduate school studying, like, human behavioral sciences, <laughs> right? And understanding, oh, like, those, oh, dude, it was incredible. <laughs> yeah. But the reason why I'm bringing it up is you're saying men don't read minds. Yeah. She's sitting here, obviously being offended by the way that I communicated over a weekend when she was out of town for a wedding in Dallas. And obviously I think that I'm, you know, being respectful and giving her space and, you know, whatnot. And she is interpreting a little bit more of a passive aggressive tone. Right. And she starts sending me articles about ego love and healthy love and this and that. And you know what, bro? I think because I'm 37 and I'm mature enough to know like men don't read minds and we're all fucking dumbasses. I loved it. I went down this rabbit hole of like reading fucking articles for fucking 45 minutes on educating myself about, you know, um, golly, what was the right word? Uh, You know, codependency. Yeah. Right. And that's a good thing to do. Again, for both sexes to go out there and better inform themselves in terms of how everyone is coming and showing up. Yeah. Especially from, you know, like we, we started off this entire conversation about my, my family background, but upbringing has a lot to do with it. Mm-hmm. And um, the first seven years of our life, and I'm sure she, she may have mentioned mm-hmm. this to you as well, but seven, first seven years of our lives uh, determine, and like the way that we're, we're raised 
that determines how we navigate, especially through conflicts for the rest of our lives. Mm-hmm. That sets our default wow. mm-hmm. for emotional intelligence. I did not know that. Yeah. So, um, by, by the way, again, like in terms of uh, how I approach branding in my mm-hmm. company is from a behavioral science perspective. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the stuff from behavioral sciences mm-hmm. gets incorporated into well, fortune 500 companies yeah. hire you yeah. in order to elicit certain emotions. Correct. And, yeah. It's and all about, absolutely. Yeah, it's all about how people feel. I mean like, mm-hmm. you know, yes, we'll put together all of the beautiful brand identity, <laughs> but it's how you make people feel. That's what gets them to buy. Absolutely. And when you win their hearts and minds, you win their business. And totally, totally agree. So let me ask you this. Do you think that experiencing hardships in a relationship, right? Um, that could be a variety of things that I really don't want to go into because it might elicit some emotions for me. But I'm here you, for you, Jeremy. Yeah, thank you, brother. <laughs> uh, do you think that experiencing hard, hardships in a relationship actually bring you together? Or does it drive a wedge and ultimately drive a couple apart? So, again, from, from what I'm... You know, the perspective from which I'm informed on, on this topic is, mm-hmm. is primarily through my own uh, parents' relationship, okay. right? Uh, like I said, uh, every relationship encounters an ups, up and down. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would say that uh, they have been able to weather through a lot of their downs together. And uh, so, yeah, I think, I think uh, when... There's, uh, you know, we all have good times. Mm-hmm. We all have good times in, in relationships. We can all go out and have a good time. Mm-hmm. But uh, it really, what, what comes into play is when you str- struggle together. And if there's a willingness to struggle together. Okay. So from, like, my personal belief is like, okay, well, uh, you're going to sit here and uh, we're going to get through this together. Mm-hmm. Or there's a door. 100%. And it's the same thing from my side as well. You know, am I, do I feel that this is important enough for me to stick around for? Mm-hmm. And if I don't want to invest my time and energy into this, mm-hmm. and if it's robbing me of my peace of mind, I'm sorry, man. Yeah. So what you're saying is, is in your experience, it's those hardships that actually harden that bond between Absolutely. each spouse. And so those hardships, and now I'll go into it, it could be uh, infertility. It could be miscarriage. Yeah. It could be layoffs. It could be infidelity. Money. Yeah. Well, it could be infidelity. Now, that's is that a, a hardship? Kind of, infidelity is a hardship. Or is that a hard that's pass? A, that's a hard pass. <laughs> so, so for me, for me, dishonesty, you know, that obviously is okay. like probably the biggest dishonesty, but uh, that is that is the cutoff point. Okay. Uh, that's the the non-negotiable. Understood. So you know that's what I'm bringing from my side as well is a is a you know a significant amount of loyalty mm-hmm. and absolute loyalty from that aspect, mm-hmm. and that's what I expect from the other person. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, I, but I think up till that point, you know, it could be like you were saying. I mean, it could be health issues, right? Mm-hmm. It could be money issues. And money tends to be a, a huge issue. Mm-hmm. But I've seen people go into a marriage and, uh, you know, the, the, the man is uh, extremely well off. And at any given point, he loses that money. Mm-hmm. Or he makes a, a huge uh, bet on a business. Sure. Or he makes a huge bet somewhere mm-hmm. and happens to lose a significant amount of money. Mm-hmm. Still going to stick around or what? Mm-hmm. I think that that's a, you know, for me, that's a huge, 
uh, uh, indicator of the person's integrity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That were you were you there only during times of comfort, or are you going to be there during times of uh, struggle? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And are you looking to get helicoptered in on the top of the mountain peak, mm-hmm. or are you going to, you know, uh, yeah, climb you, it together? Climb it together. Absolutely. So let me ask you this then. Do you think that a, a successful partnership – and again, my thoughts have changed. My personal thoughts of when I was 24 and getting engaged to now 37 and trying to identify that second life partner that's going to take me to the finish line over yeah. the next 50 years. You know, But do you think that a successful partnership involves a cheerleader to root her man on – or does it involve really more of that, that teammate that's going to help you carry the load, that's going to carry that gun like Mr. and Mrs. Smith? Or do you think that there could be success with both? I say it's a success with both. I okay. think it, it, has, it has – some of it has – you know, when you think about cheerleader, what are you really thinking of? I mean, yes, they're your advocates, but yep. I think they're your advocates in both situations. Okay. But when you talk about – when you talk about your partner being a cheerleader, when you talk about your woman being your cheerleader um, – that means that one of your love languages is I'm words of affirmation. Affirmation, <laughs> exactly. Same here, man. So yeah, for, for me, yeah. you know, words of affirmation goes a long way. Yeah. So uh, uh, for whatever reason, I still can't put my finger on why. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But were you an only child? No, I'm the oldest. You're the oldest. Yeah. Of how many? Just two. Just two. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it, it, it's really interesting, Jeremy, that uh-huh. you know. Uh, uh, one of it, you know, them being your cheerleader yeah. is one, but uh, you got to be there with me. You okay. got to go through that struggle with me, uh, or else, you know, it's like okay, you're not being attentive. Okay, you're not, uh, you know, you're, you've basically neglected me mm-hmm. and kind of left me high and dry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you know, and and then so that kind of that's, weaved, that's also weaved into yeah. a level of consistency because you've cheered me on, and that's you just kind of left it there. Yeah. And uh, not necessarily follow through on some sort of a commitment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, the, so what I'm hearing is, is you, you almost want that teammate to be a cheerleader as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, because if somebody is just a cheerleader, well, unfortunately, it's unrealistic expectations to expect out of your man that all you're going to be able to produce is opportunities to cheer. Correct. Right? Because there's going to be some times where... We dropped the ball. Exactly. You know, we took a $200,000 bet and put it on fucking Bitcoin. Yeah. And it took a 30% dive, you know, over yeah. <laughs> over yeah. 30 days, I mean, right? Yeah. You know, you we've encountered some losses. No, 100%. Yeah. And so if somebody just has that cheerleader mentality and they've never really been in those trenches with you in order yeah. to fucking, you know, dig and dig and dig and help fucking you know, give you a boost to get you out of that trench, then it's going to be unsuccessful. Absolutely. Understood. Yeah. Oh, interesting perspective because I don't think it's any secret for the listeners that have listened to my podcast for the last 11 episodes. I'm looking for a fucking cheerleader, man, because yeah. I guess in a way I feel like I've got it right. Like yeah. I'm perfectly fine carrying the load, but I think the reason why I am perfectly fine is because I have resources that I can leverage, right? Yeah. Whether it's my attorney or my accountant or my wealth advisor or my chief operating officer or any of those, yeah. they can be that resource exactly. to help me climb out of the trench right. into where that missing component is, is the cheerleader in my life. Look, I have my own set of trusted advisors as yeah. well, right? 
so th there's no shortage of resources on that side. Okay. But I'm a firm believer of action with words. Okay. So you can't just come in and, t and, and just, just come in with that pep talk. Mm -hmm. There's got to be a presence. So it's not necessarily coming in and struggling with you and, and uh, you know, being your, your CFO or yeah. being your lawyer or whatever, whatever sure, sure. you need for her to be. It's more of a matter of her being present with you. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so, so to me, it's like I said, that, that level of, of being attentive, mm -hmm. uh, being nurturing, being compassionate, mm -hmm. right? All of those things that I, I think those are the types of qualities that I value in, in a woman mm -hmm. and that I've noticed in the past in my own good experiences where they were actually there struggling with me and mm -hmm. saying, it's, you know, it's not necessarily just, hey, it's going to be okay, but yeah. actually being there. Interesting. Yeah. Great perspective. So what if a guy has a little bit of a wild streak? <laughs> Do men eventually grow out of that or is, or is that something that we just can't be tamed? I th okay, so. <laughs> He's like, how do I phrase this to where I don't get canceled? Yeah. Uh, don't try to tame us. Okay. Don't try to tame us. And I, again, when I, when I say that, I'm not saying that in, in a way. Probably a big reason of sweet. why you like to date girls that are 10 years younger. Yeah. Okay. But it, look, at, at the same time, Jeremy, it's not, about, it's not about taming us to not womanize. Okay. I'm not. I'm not referring it to to it like that. Well, hopefully nobody womanizes, but I get what you're saying, right? Like, yeah. yeah. It's not. It's not that you know. It's like, hey, we're, we're going out with uh -huh. with and dating multiple women, sure. and you know, one wants to lock us down, and mm -hmm. uh, and I'm probably going to get myself into trouble here. <laughs> but all that to say is is that when I say tame, we all come with a set of set of flaws. Okay. We're not Jesus. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. We're not we're not here with like this 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 absolute uh, perfection. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So I would just I, I, I would not try to uh, get the get the man, mm -hmm. you know, like like basically the woman should not come in and try to turn me into a docile compliant lapdog. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And I think that that's probably the best way. That yeah, yeah. If you're a fucking wolf, yeah. Which you told exactly. me. What does your name mean? Yeah, my name. My name is the the gifted little wolf. The gifted little wolf. <laughs> so let me let me roam in the forest wild and free, and you know what? You're you're welcome to come and roam with me. <laughs> That's it. Let's, let's climb that I mean, fucking mountain together. Absolutely. You want a mountain climber, dude. It's no <laughs> secret. So you know, I hear stories from my girlfriends all the time about getting ghosted or being lied to or being cheated on or manipulated, etc. Give me some insight into a story of whenever you were able to successfully exit a serious relationship. Tell me what happened and, and what role did you play in order to make sure that that was a successful exit? Yeah, I think it was uh, just honoring my own commitment to the relationship. Mm -hmm. uh, um, I'll, I'll go back to a very recent time where... Uh, you know, we, I think we dated for about two and a half months. Uh, okay. We knew each other from, from uh, the business world. We actually have 
a uh, few clients in <laughs> as well. okay. it took a long time for 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 me to even uh consider asking her out mm-hmm. you know there's like expressed interest on both sides but uh very early on we set the you know we we set the stage and we we kind of set set the the ground rules in terms mm-hmm. of hey uh we're we're trying to figure out if this is going to work or not but once we part ways or if we ever have to part ways let's make sure that we're not going to bring harm to one another and mm-hmm. bring harm and I, I don't think we would right sure. but yeah. they're like hey let's make sure that she was this also doesn't... a business owner as well yes. okay yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. so uh we we both had this you know th- this uh, agreement between us that is yeah, like hey look, rules yeah, let's just make sure yeah. yeah let's just make sure that you know th- th- we're, we're crossing a very fine line here yeah and uh let's make sure that this is not going to interrupt our our mm-hmm. business in any way mm-hmm. right um uh, she's kind of also i mean it was yeah it was blurring the lines on on so many levels sure. so uh but once all of that uh, you know once we once we decided to part ways I reassured her. I was like, look, the, nothing's going to happen moving mm-hmm. forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't work. It didn't work. That's okay. Uh, however, let's move forward. And uh, almost immediately, like, I had to switch gears immediately. And, sure. and so uh, two days later, uh, you know, I, I reached out with, uh, with a referral. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. So you were like very was... proactive in saying, okay, now we're business partners again. Yeah. We're, we're we were still, partners. yeah, nothing, yeah. nothing, you know, nothing had changed even throughout sure, that entire relationship, sure. but almost immediately. So in a, I wanted so, to, so, I was like really pro. I was so, like, Hey, yeah, just, yeah, you know, yeah. so, so for the listeners that aren't business owners, I think that a relevant, uh, uh analogy could be if you exit a relationship with a young lady, mm-hmm. The equivalent would be you give her a referral to another guy who you feel would be a better fit for her. That's I think. <laughs> yeah. hey, I, I know. <laughs> hey, look, uh, you're a fucking psycho, and I'm not I have here another for psycho it. But for Joey, you. oh man, Joey yeah. is 100 percent open to oh, that. So, you know, it's so funny. My girlfriends pick on me because they say, Jeremy, you kind of like chaos, and I would wholeheartedly agree because my business kind of runs on autopilot. And as entrepreneurs, we kind of like firefighting. We, we like firefighting, we yeah. like chaos, and we like to to constantly like be on our toes exactly. and problem solve. And there's and, a there's a, there's a reason behind that. There's a reason behind yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. but uh, you know, I'm that weirdo yeah. that kind of likes a little bit of crazy yeah. to some extent. No, right? man. We you know what? Uh, I'll tell you, man. We 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 always want to uh, conquer. Yeah. As men, uh, we're still set on that default. During our, uh, you know, it's eighty four thousand generations, Jeremy, of, <laughs> of, of hunter gatherers. Okay, right, yeah. and then we like transition away from that into seven seven generations of the industrial revolution. Yeah, and then we transition from that into two generations of the digital revolution. Yeah, where the fuck do you think our our hunter gatherer? <laughs> yeah, we're still operating on that. You that's know, that's hilarious. our default, man. Yeah. So we're still out on the hunt. Yeah, we want to go out there and conquer. Absolutely, <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> well, let me ask you another question. So, uh, so you've never been married. No. You have no kids. You know, for others that are kind of in your same boat, dating into your thirties 
and then eventually 40s can probably have you feeling a little bit exhausted, right? Yeah. And feeling hopeless that the prospect of finding your forever person is literally yeah. impossible. I've heard it from so many of my friends. Can get I'll call gentle. out Danielle right now. <laughs> uh, so what wor- words of wisdom can you share for your listeners that can maybe give them a little bit of optimism whenever, you know, let's say a girl gets into her 30s, never been married, Right. And a guy maybe gets into his 40s because I think those are probably equivalent of whenever we hit the panic button. <laughs> get clear on what you want. OK. Get clear on who you who you want in your life and who you don't. Okay. So as you're moving into your 30s, I think most most become or dedicate the time to themselves to become self-aware on on some of that. And then there's some that continue to make that mistake over and over again. Mm-hmm. And then there's a quote around that that I've heard is like, what is this trying to teach me? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, God will continue to bring you back into those situations until you learn your fucking lesson. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I think the best word of words of wisdom is probably from my own failures is that I continue to attract the, the same type of uh, broken, unfit, wounded. Yeah. <laughs> I don't you know, again, I, I don't want to add too many adjectives to sure. that, but I, I continue to attract the same. Uh, type of a woman into my life that wasn't necessarily aligned with my values Understood. and uh, where I, you know, again, it, it would, of course, you know, it would disturb my peace of mind. It would mm-hmm. disturb my, my uh, emotions. We mm-hmm. all have, we all run on that from time to time. Right. Mm-hmm. So I asked myself, like, how can I get clear on what it is? And, and I think that this entire conversation was around that, mm-hmm. around my values. What is it that I'm not willing to compromise? Sure. What are my standards? Uh, and I would encourage every female in this audience to to uh, get clear on that and be more importantly from a man's perspective uh, be be uh, clear in communicating what your needs are be clear in communicating uh, what your love language is how you expect to be uh, to be cater to or mm-hmm. how you expect uh, how, how you expect to be treated mm-hmm. you know because again like i said men don't read minds yeah so don't expect your man to read your mind mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and don't uh get digmatized right i yeah. think that's one of the struggle that men and women have yeah is you put so much focus on sexual chemistry yeah. to say i think that this is a forever partner for me and you have misaligned values. You have a, a, a mission yeah. and a vision that's completely polar different. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Um, and so yeah, you so talked about values. We got to stop times. thinking from our power source, right? So, yeah. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. it, you, and so I, I, I don't know if everyone caught on to that. But oh, the power source the is power definitely source. the dick. Gotta, brain. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's our second brain. You're exactly. absolutely right. Yeah. So, you know. And I think that that can definitely cloud cloud our judgment from time to time. Sure. So. It, it really like you know again uh you, you have to sort through that as quick mm-hmm. as possible totally totally agree so kind of like in closing yeah i've got one more question and and but i want to i, I want to kind of uh prep that by mentioning something that you just said and kind of like the last answer you said values right you've said values probably no less than 10 times on this podcast mm-hmm. and some of the words that i wrote down were accountability Follow through, commitment, consistency, authenticity, and honesty. Yeah. I think whether you knew it or not, those are your core values. Yeah. 
And, you know, maybe for some of the characteristics, right? Because characteristics are not values. Yeah. But you're looking for someone who's attentive, nurturing, yeah. compassionate, right? And, and it's so funny because, you know, I think that so many of us listeners, right, we're, we look at those and we go, yeah, of course, we all want that. But no, that's not the case. You need to define what it is, Absolutely. right? If it's mental toughness, if it's resilience, if it's punctuality, whatever it is, because punctuality is not important to everybody. But for a lot of people, it's completely fucking like big show style. It is. If yeah. you're not punctual, then I'm not here for it, yeah. right? So we've identified what the values are. And now I want to do what I want to do. You got five minutes left. I want for you to paint the picture of what life looks like for you five years from now, right? Where you're at, who you're with, what you two are doing. Right. Give me some insight because you'd mentioned you got to know what you want. Absolutely. And so paint a very, very vivid vision. And that way somebody can raise their motherfucking hand and say, that's that's me. me. And I want to fucking slide into your DMs. So (laughs) give me some insight. So, you know, just to preface, Jeremy, you know, again, based off of your question in the past, like, you know, just right before this. I've actually written this down. I've written down all of these attributes. I've written down. So I, I encourage uh, on the other side, I, I encourage all of you to write down exactly what those attributes, Absolutely. what your values are, and how all that aligns with, with all of you. So, you know, fast forward five years from now, shit, man, I'm going to be fucking 45. <laughs> You're still going to be fly, <laughs> swag ass, fucking hard fade, be super abs, Mr. Fit. But go ahead. So, yeah, five years from now, definitely, you know, I, I want to make sure I retain my abs and probably sure. single, single digit uh, uh, body fat percentage and all yeah. that. But uh, business wise, I definitely foresee my business continuing to grow excellent uh definitely more more uh, refined mm-hmm. in terms of how our all of our processes look and i know i always speak from a perspective of business but then the woman that i'm with is someone that is my wife mm-hmm. uh i don't foresee myself you know in the dating scene in in the next five years awesome so you know and, and i think i uh that was probably one of the the blessings in disguise through COVID mm-hmm. is that I went from being a serial dater mm-hmm. to in you know like t- moving into twenty twenty yep. just completely just isolated myself. Mm. I did not date at all in twenty twenty, mm-hmm. and uh, and that was primarily for me is like what the fuck am I doing? And okay. I you know so. Uh, when I came into this year, I came into this year with the intention of wanting to settle down. Love it. Wanting to, to mm-hmm. you know, find that, that woman that, that is compatible with me uh, mm-hmm. and aligns with my, with my values and I align with her values. Absolutely. So that's where I see myself five years from now is, is with someone. Now, when it comes to some of my close friends, when it comes to definitely my parents, mm-hmm. especially my mom, you know, she did, I actually just had another nephew just uh, three weeks ago, right? So, um, oh, yeah, awesome! Yeah. So, Congrats! Yeah. So, so my you're, mom, you're saying my your younger parents brother, want you to have a kid? Yeah. So my my younger brother has two now, uh, and so you know, my mom definitely <laughs> wants me to have kids, and I am still on the fence about all of that. I definitely, you know, I definitely want to be with 
you know, I definitely wanted. I'm I'm ready to to move in and transition into that that next phase of my life mm-hmm. where, you know, I'm I'm with one woman who's my wife. But uh, as far as having kids, man, I mean, you tell me, you've got how many? Three? Three little boys. Man, so how is that experience? It's unfucking believable, bro. I was at the soccer fields in Katy this morning for three soccer games in yeah. a fucking straight leg brace because I had surgery last week, limping around the fields, and I wouldn't have it any other way, dude. Wow. Those kids are my fucking life. Wow. But I think it's very different because I get them every other weekend. And so every single second that we spend together is such quality time, right? I'm not disciplining them. I'm not tutoring them. I'm not telling them to do their fucking chores. It's all quality time. And so I'm not trying to promote divorce, (laughs) but I'll tell you, it's been somewhat of a blessing in disguise for my children and my relationship. That's good. Yeah. So... I'm not going to tell you you need to have kids, and Adam Greer is definitely going to say don't fucking do it, but uh, I'll tell you that when you ask someone what the meaning of life is, um, more common than not, they're going to say passing on a legacy, yeah. right, yeah. and uh, seeing your own dreams fulfilled through the lives of your children. Um, I think that it's fucking unbelievable to see yeah. light bulb moments go off with my kids and to see them be successful in sports right. and academics and things of that nature. Yeah. And, you know, someone else had brought this up to me about 10, 12 years ago saying, hey, you don't want, you know, you, you don't want to have kids. Uh, you don't want to pass on your and they, they attach mm-hmm. the term legacy yeah. to kids. And I asked myself, like, is that how I define legacy? Sure. I think there's, there's got to be another definition for, mm-hmm. for legacy beyond just having children because mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that have had children that aren't necessarily present in their children's lives. Totally agree. Is that legacy? Is that their legacy? Yeah. No, their legacy might be their business. Right. Or might be their philanthropy. Right. Right? Right. You're absolutely so, right. So there's definitely a, a, a much further uh, or, or much more detailed uh, or nuanced uh, definition of, of legacy yeah right well good man well you know we've been on the podcast today for about 57 minutes man and you know i feel like I flew by you know we were uh, acquaintances before uh you know i think if we would have saw, saw each other at bottle blonde we would have said what's up and yeah. probably did a shot together but you know it's just been so awesome to get to know you on a personal level and you know, truth be told, I wish that I had a little sister that I could recommend, dude, oh, because man. I think you're a fucking awesome guy. And, you know, at 40 years old, you've got a tremendous amount of humility and self-awareness that you probably didn't have when you were 30. Absolutely. Right. No, and, no, um, yeah. you know, I want our- <laughs> <laughs> And so I want our listeners uh, to take that, uh, you know, with a grain of salt to say, like, you know, Why? do these girls date older guys? Is it because they want sugar daddies? Hey, maybe some of them, right? But to some extent, I think that it is because of congruency with emotional intelligence and seriousness and humility and, you know, really having the ability to say, I'm sorry. I'm fucking sorry, right? Because I'll tell you, when I was 27, 28, I was a finger-pointing motherfucker, dude, to say this is your fault. Right. Yeah. And uh, now whoever I believe is going to benefit from being in a long term relationship with me. Dude, you've got the most grateful, humble motherfucker in the city of Houston, Texas right here. And <laughs> I can't too much wait. Credit, man. <laughs> I can't wait. To, no, I'm talking about me. Bitch. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but no, man, we're cut of the same cloth. But uh, 
But anyways, dude, it was a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, it's about five o'clock now on a Saturday and I'm really looking forward to getting out of here and uh, limping around the heights and uh, go, make, man. maybe making some new friendships. So thanks for, thank you for coming out. Absolutely, and, uh, it, was, it was a pleasure to be here, man. Awesome. Thanks for inviting me on. Absolutely. We'll chat soon. All See right. ya. Sounds good.